It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with 30 bucks off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering LOCKEDON at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for Indochino. Now I'm Googling Terrence Davis's butt. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 585 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, October the 18th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We have Team Focus shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got Rejecting the Screen with Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, uh, which is into its second week of operation. And we just announced a new podcast with Nate Duncan and John Hollinger. Uh, They're going to be having a podcast every week where they go deep on nerdy basketball stuff, which should be pretty cool if you are into that kind of thing. And also, we got the NHL Network up and running for you, too. We got the NBA preview shows and the Locked On NBA channel. No shortage of stuff for you to check out on the Locked On Podcast Network. So make sure you're doing it and subscribing and rating and reviewing and all that good stuff to the shows you want to support. Okay, on today's show, it is an annual tradition here on Locked On Raptors, the third annual over-unders and prop bets episode where myself and my two guests... Uh, go into it and give our predictions for a whole bunch of questions relating to the coming Raptors season. Joining me for the third year now is first up the defending champion, two-time defending champion that is, Vivek Jacob from Raptors Republic. Not Raptors Republic, Yahoo Sports. What the fuck am I saying? Uh, <laughs> Vivek, how's it going, pal? I'm doing good, man. I graduated. In you case did. you hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those Good, good quality days that time I put in with Raptors Republic and Sportsnet and the athletic and Vice has paid off and I'm at Yahoo full time and I'm ready to continue my full time dominance of this over unders. Oh my god! I'm not gonna say that your uh, victories in the over under podcast propelled you to your Yahoo Sports station now, but it can't it couldn't have hurt. Um, and so for that, you're welcome for bowing down and allowing you to win two years in a row. The other voice you heard there is uh, another guy who has lost to the Vec two times in a row alongside myself. This guy actually is from Raptors Republic. It's Sahal Abdi. Sahal, how's it going, buddy? It's going really good. Um, yeah, Vivek. So this over-under definitely propelled you. I'm pretty sure he actually put it on his resume to have the Yahoo. Um, but this is going to be different. It's two years in a row. Is it three years or two years in a row for Vivek? That's two years in a row. Uh, two years in a row. Yeah. So this will not be a third. Here's hoping. Um, I, I, you just won the trivia tournament too. I can't handle any more of Vivek's gloating. So, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have to do something to unseat him here. And to do so, I have changed up the format a little bit. Not really. It's the same. We're going to answer a bunch of questions. There's just more questions that we have to pose answers to this year and a little bit more sort of open-endedness with a couple of the answers, which uh, should maybe uh, increase the variability a little bit here. And Vivek will not be able to ride small sample dominance to victory. Wow. There are 14 questions now as opposed to 10 it's going to be like the baseball season now where we get to really see the cream rise over the course of the entire stretch of our over-unders podcast. Uh, are you guys ready to get going here? We have a lot to get to, not a ton of time, and uh, I'm ready to go. Are you guys? If I recall correctly, even with last year's alleged small sample size, oh, I even gave oh. you guys the last question. Here we go. And you still couldn't touch me. You did take the coward's route and refused to answer a question that is also on this list of questions, uh, which we'll get to. It's our very last one that we'll get to later on. 
Um, yeah, no, we, we didn't perform well last year. It's true. Mm-hmm. We have to rectify that this season. Here's and, hoping. And I don't make the format, so... That's true. Yeah. No, it's, we. I've made the bed that myself and Sahal are both in right now. So, yeah. uh, time to get out of it, I suppose. Let's get to it. We have a lot of questions to get to. We're going to run through them all. Some of them we'll spend more time on actually talking about the ramifications for the actual team. Some of them we'll just kind of skip through pretty quickly. But anyway... Let's begin with our very first prop bet. And so people know, I sent these to both Vivek and Sahal last night, so this is not me preparing my answers uh, well in advance of them just you learning. Not, yeah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> he did not send anything to us. Just, just, just you, stop. Uh, I did last night. It's an even playing field. Everyone knows the questions yeah. and have known them for as long as I've known them because I sent them just after I wrote them. Anyway. Let's get to it. Question number one of this season's 2019-20 Raptors over-unders and props is Pascal Siakam points per game. Over-under 23.0 last season, of course. He averaged 16.9, averaged about 19 in the postseason as well. Uh, Vivek, you're the champion. We'll start with you. Are you going over-under 23.0 points for Pascal Siakam this season? I'm going under. Ooh. Yes. Explain yourself. Sure. I mean, <laughs> let's hear your answers. <laughs> <laughs> the gamesmanship is already good. underway. Uh, I'm going over. Mm-hmm. So, Hall? Yeah, I'm, I'm going over as well. Oh, um, this is definitely going to end well for us. simple explanation behind it. Obviously, like, if you're going under or over... I mean, if you're going over, we're not expecting him to, to have 26, 27. If you're going under, you're not expecting him to have 18, 19. He's going to be hovering around that range, but um, I'm going to go over. It's going to be a slight over, I think. Okay. Um, I think he's going to clear 23, not easily per se, but I think it won't be all that close. Like I think he'll be closer to 24. Um, my reasoning is last year his usage was about, I don't know, what was it 20.8 so not terribly high usage just like a couple percentage points ahead of Kyle Lowry well behind Kawhi Leonard he I think is probably going to jump up to something like a 28 or 29 percent usage this season so that is going to see him uh just get a lot more shots and opportunities to score I also think we're going to see the Raptors maybe play at a higher pace this season they were 15th in pace last season right around the middle and they were 14th the year prior when they had the culture reset and everything. But that was before Pascal Siakam became this like transition monster. And they seem to have a lot of guys who are going to be pretty good in transition. And because they're going to be a good defensive team that doesn't have a great half-court offense in theory, I think they're going to have to run a lot more often in order to keep that offense flowing. So I'm going to say the increase of possessions and the increase in usage for Pascal is going to put him above 23.0. Vivek, what was your reasoning for having him under? Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, in, in terms of, I agree that obviously his usage is going to be up, but I also don't look at him as someone who's a volume scorer. Mm. So there's going to be nights where he's efficient and gets, you know, his points, but then the Raptors are probably going to win a bunch of those games against those bad East teams. So he's probably just going to sit the rest of the way there. And then those nights where he doesn't really have it, I don't think he's the type to force the issue. Um, and I also think in terms of the biggest step he's going to show this year, I actually think it's going to be his playmaking. Mm. So I could see him get to a point where he's having those four or five assist nights. So again, to Sahal's point, I do, even though I'm picking the under, I do expect him to be in that range. I won't be surprised if I'm wrong. Um, you will be. <laughs> and But, you know, it would be inconsistent with the way this uh, particular contest has gone the last two years. Um, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I, I could see him, you know, sort of being a 21, 8, and 4, or 5 guy next season. All of it's very good. All of those, even that sounds really, really tasty. I look forward to seeing it. I just think um, he's going to be relied upon, I think, to create a little bit more than maybe we're thinking. That He's going to be asked to run a lot of pick and roll. If he's actually going to play point guard like Nick Nurse alluded to today, uh, or on Thursday, as you're listening to this on Friday, I uh, I think there's going to be some chances for him to score 
maybe in ways he didn't even have last season. And he already seems to kind of fall into an easy like 12 to 15 points anyway, just through transition and stuff like that and just sort of dump offs. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more of self-created stuff, which is why I'm leaning over. And also, like, it seems like everyone scores a shit ton of points now just because the league is faster and higher scoring. So uh, that's my reasoning there. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Anyway, question number two, also tied to Pascal Siakam scoring. Last season, he had a total of five 30-point games. I have set the over-under for Pascal Siakam 30-point games this season at 13.5. It splits the difference between what Kawhi had last year as the number one option with 22 30-point games, uh, which is pretty nuts, and then also uh pascal's five so 13 and a half 30 point games vivek let's start with you all right we'll start with sahal this time we started with vivek last time sahal what are you saying this is a really good one um when i first saw this over under i was kind of i was kind of on the side where it's like okay i actually had to search up how many uh 31 games Kawhi Leonard had last season Mm -hmm. uh the the number 22 made me feel really comfortable i'm gonna take the over on this one i'm actually very hot like I think I'm higher on Siakam than most in terms of his scoring output um like I said I don't think his over is going to be incredibly over but I I wouldn't be surprised if Siakam's in that 24.5 to 25 points per game range and I think if he's there and he's the constant first option for Toronto um obviously barring injury or anything like that I really think um 13 or 14 actually uh 30 point games will not be difficult uh, for a guy like Pascal, I think we're going to see a lot more um, of his offensive arsenal, um, and I think he's starting to garner a lot more respect around the league. Um, you saw it in the NBA Finals; it was really cool to just see, you know, all of social media talking about guys like Pascal Siakam. Everybody know, knows who Kawhi Leonard is. Everybody knows who Kyle Lowry is. Um, even Serge Ibaka to an extent, but um, for Siakam to really show out um, in the in the Finals last season and then have a very good summer again. Um, just, just going around and, and, you know, Rico Hines and doing all this other stuff to improve his game. I think uh, 14 30-point games um, will not be tough for a guy like Pascal Siakam. Vivek, what do you think? I'm going to double down and say that he will be under. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, again, I think outside of Siakam, I just think I view this team as, you know, I look at how democratic the offense was uh, without Kawhi last season mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see Kyle score the, lo- uh, the ball a lot more I think we're going to see Serge have those big nights I think we're going to see Gasol get, get involved um, in terms of his individual offense a lot more um, so I think all that is going to add up to just Siakam not needing to be someone that's dropping 30 plus on a consistent basis not that he can't that's fair. That's also sort of my reasoning for why I'm also taking the under here. I think it's going to be a very slight under. I know I said a good line because I flip-flopped it back and forth like four times uh, since setting it. Um, and I think it'll be like 11 or 12 30-point games, but I do agree it's going to be pretty democratic. There are going to be a lot of guys who are eating, and I think Siakam, while he's going to consistently score a lot as sort of the leading scorer for the team, I do think there will be a lot of help for him. And that playmaking you alluded to, in the first question, I think we'll sort of keep him from really sort of getting into the crazy high numbers where he's sort of forced to score in the 30s like Kawhi was at times last year. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take a very slight under on that one. And look at that. We all have different answers through two questions. This is uh, making for good 
compelling drama once we get to uh, deciding who the winner is down the, down the line. So, so I'm guaranteed to go up to full. This is great. This is a good start. <laughs> uh, can, we, can we just have like a supercut of all the trash talking that Saul's done the last two? I'm not gonna stop. That would require me to go back and like do editing and pulling of audio. Which come on, it's not happening. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go on to question number three here. More starts, Fred Van Vliet or Norman Powell? This has been like the hot-button topic of the last week or so of the preseason. Who's going to start at the two? Will it be a back-and-forth type of thing? I will go first on this one since we had Vivek go first on the first question and Sahal went first last. Uh, So I will say Norman Powell will start more games at Fred Van Vliet. I think we'll see a bit of a flip-flopping back-and-forth to start the season as Nick Nurse figures out what his rotation is really going to look like. But I think... By the time it all comes around, Norm's role as sort of the fifth guy or fourth guy in the starting five and his success that he's typically had in that role will sort of win out and he will have that spot locked down while Fred takes over the second unit in a unit that figures to probably need a lot of shooting and ball handling and all those good things. So I will say Norman Powell starts more games than Fred, probably by a lot. I'm going to say Norm starts like, uh, this doesn't count, I'll say he starts like 55 games though. Uh, Vivek, what do you think? I think, I also think Norman Powell will start more games than Fred Van Vliet. I just look at the landscape of the league and I just think there's uh, just too many shooting guards where the size will be necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised if Norm finishes with more starts, but Fred finishes with more uh, fourth quarter closings. <laughs> you could have just said, you know, crunch time minutes, but that's a nice and elegant way to say it, I suppose, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sahal, over to you. What do you, what do you um, think? Yeah, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you guys for the most part. I think um, I think McNurse was, was being transparent when he said he would flip-flop early on in terms of who's going to take the starting two spot. Mm-hmm. And he did mention some reasoning behind it saying... Um, <clears throat> Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet wouldn't um, necessarily always be playing together, even if they start together some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd remove one of them and start the next one the next quarter. But I think really when it comes down to it, what Vivek said is very, very important. Um, size matters in the NBA. And I think um, a lot of teams, uh, we've been talking about you know the transition, um, this era of small ball. And I think a lot of teams are um, switching up. And I think some teams are actually seeing that sometimes playing bigger um, does help your help your team out in many different ways. I think if you've been paying attention to some of the Raptors news lately, you've seen that um, Nick Nurse is experimenting with some, some bigger lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did say he would feature some bigger lineups this season. Um, but I think the, the biggest point is that Norm can guard the two and three position um, with you know, pretty good, I think, efficiency. And I think Fred, if there's one thing that he struggles with, obviously it's, it's guarding bigger guys. Um, so I, I do think when it really comes down to it, I think midseason you're going to see a switch of Nick Nurse just sticking with Norm Powell and Fred Van Vliet coming off as the sixth man. Um, but again, I do think Fred Van Vliet is going to play a bigger role than Norm Powell this season, um, just just in terms of crunch time minutes and and I think overall minutes as well. I think he's going to average more minutes than Norm Powell as well. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I think definitely the crunch time thing, I think as we'll get to in one of our later questions, six man of the year is sort of back on the table for him this season. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, and I also, I've made allusions to this before on the show, but I think Fred, if we're going to figure out if he's a starting caliber point guard, the best way to do that is have him run offense with the second unit as opposed to running off ball with Kyle and the rest of the guys. Uh, it's really nice that he has that partnership with Kyle and Marcus Saul and stuff like that, but in terms of figuring out what he is for the future, it's probably more prudent to get him out there as sort of the lead dog sometimes just to see what he can do running pick and roll and stuff like that, which has been a struggle for him in the past. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Uh, all right, next question here. So we're all on norm for that one. This one is a uh, one that I have every year is Kyle Lowry total points plus rebounds plus assists per game. Uh, I set the over under at 29.0 last season. If my very bad math is correct, he was at 27.7 with that big uptick in assists, but a drop in scoring output. Uh, usually sort of floats around 30 somewhere. I put 29.0 as the over-under. Vivek, we will go to you. What do you think here on the over-under for Kyle Lowry, total points, rebounds, and assists per game? Yeah, so this is one that I spent quite a bit of time thinking about because, yeah, I think this is a really tough one. Um because of the age and just thinking about how the offense uh, will function. But I went with the over. Um, okay. I still think Kyle uh, can bring a lot to the table. Um, I think he's managed his body outside of, you know, throwing himself into charges and whatnot uh, in terms of the off-court stuff that he does to manage his body uh, and making sure he eats right since he's become skinny Kyle. Uh, I think all those things will factor into him having a big season. Um, and we saw some of it. We saw it at times last season when Kawhi was out of the lineup and the way he'd step up and uh, run the team and get his scoring up. So uh, I, I have no reason to think that uh, that will be completely uh, out of his game this season. So, Hall? First of all, I'd like to address Vivek. Um, Thick Kyle, we're a fan of Thick Kyle, number one. Number two... <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way. Skinny, okay, we love skinny Kyle. We love Kyle in shape, but thick Kyle, there's another place in my heart for him. Okay, <laughs> getting getting back to the getting back to the over under. Um, honestly, I think I'm I'm gonna have to agree with Vivek, and I really want to disagree with Vivek because I really want to take a massive lead on this guy when we revisit this midseason. But I'm gonna have to agree. Um, I think Kyle still has a lot left in the tank, and I think. Some people look at his age and, and, and you know, his, his his minutes in the last five, six years, and you look at it and you probably think, okay, there's a big drop-off coming. It's, it's it's eventually coming. It's inevitable. But I think Kyle's game, we've watched him. It's never really relied on supreme athleticism. It's never really relied. His game is a game where he's much smarter than you. He's probably a better shooter than you. Um, he plays like a dog defensively. So... These are things that translate later into your career, and I think that's another reason why. Um, I think last season I had a very similar thought, and I know it was a very long playoff road for Kyle Lowry. Played a lot of minutes, um, but and I honestly was very, very concerned that he was um, he was thinking about and he was considering uh, joining Team USA this summer um, until he backed off last second. But um, I'm with Vivek. I think he still has some left in the tank. And, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. So you guys are both going over. I am usually the optimist on this question because uh, I think Kyle Lowry is capable of anything. I'm going to take a very slight under, though, just because I think his assist numbers are going to drop off a little bit from where they were last year where he was career high. I think he finished second in the league in assists behind Russell Westbrook. I think because Marcus Saul will be more sort of ingratiated into the offense and Siakam's going to have a bit more of a ball handling burden and we're probably going to see him play with Fred a lot late in games, I think some of that playmaking burden is going to be taken off of Kyle a bit and he'll replace it with some scoring, but I think they're going to manage him to the point where he's not going to have like a crazy 27% usage or something like that. I think probably something closer to like 22, 23, 24 and baking that in, maybe sort of a, a scaling back of his minutes as they get Fred Moore run and try to preserve Lowry for later in the year. And also just sort of maybe a drop-off in rebounding just as he gets a little bit older and yeah. you know, they have bigs and they might go big at times in their lineup too. I think we'll see Kyle at something like 17, 4, and 7, and that brings me to about 28. 
with a little bit of room to work with. So yeah, I'll say a very slight under, but I don't feel great about it because Kyle could very well have a fuck you Kyle Lowry season, and that would be cool too. Uh, so that's that. Next one here has to do with the two wings who we figure are going to start a lot of games, as we mentioned with Norm. Higher value over replacement player, OG Ananobi or Norman Powell? This is, uh, I still don't, haven't really made a decision on this one. I'm not really sure. Uh, let me pull up the numbers from last year. I had it here uh, somewhere. Uh, value over replacement player, last season's Raptors. The Norm Powell was at a point zero point or 0.4. OG was a 0.3. Norm's career high was 0.4 from last year. OG was a 1.0 uh, Vorp player in his rookie season. Uh, but obviously coming back from his last season, some uncertainty there. So, Hall, let's start with you. Who's going to have a higher value over replacement player between Norm Powell or OG Ananobi? This is difficult because I see both of them having um, – and I know the term breakout year is very overplayed. It's saturated at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody's been saying Norm Powell's going to have a breakout year the last three, four summers. But I really believe that these two are going to break out. Um, I think OG probably has a better chance at having a higher value over a replacement player. Um, but it, this is, again, it's a, it's a really difficult one because you're kind of banking on OG to... Um, it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult. And I feel like this is the one that I'm going to look at mid-season and I'm going to think, like, how did I not choose that guy? But <laughs> it's... I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with OG. I'm gonna stick with OG. Yeah, I'm gonna go with OG and OB. All right. Uh, I also am gonna go with OG just because I think his defensive metrics will sort of value him a little bit yeah. higher. Um, although I do think Norm has a chance to be really good this season if he has a consistent role, which has kind of always been lacking with him. Vivek, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's gonna be OG. Um, defensively, I think he's shown in the preseason that. He can be the best defender on the team, if not at least the best wing defender on the team. Mm -hmm. And offensively, I think he'll do enough uh, to play those big fourth quarter minutes. And that's where I think he might edge Norm, where Norm might not actually get those minutes, um, depending on how the Raptors go. There's been a lot of talk about that big lineup as well um, with Kyle, OG, Siakam, Ibaka, and Gasol. So I think that's going to play into... Um, OG maybe uh, bumping Norm when it comes to the, the VORP. Right on. Uh, let's move on to the next question here. We're all on OG for higher VORP uh, between him and Norm. Next one here is Marcus All field goal attempts per 36 minutes. Last season with the Raptors, he averaged 10.4 field goal attempts per 36. He was at about 13.5 with the Grizzlies. Uh, so I've set it at 12 and a half for his over-under for field goal attempts per 36. I will go first. I am going to take the very slightest of unders. I think Siakam and Lowry are going to take on a lot of the scoring burden, I think, as will Serge Ibaka. And I also think uh, Gasol is going to be asked to playmake a little bit in terms of you know just sort of keeping the, the wheels greased and stuff like that, working from the high post, not really being asked to be like a number two or three option necessarily. And I think we could even see, like, Norm take more shots than he does. And so I will say Gasol, because he's going to facilitate more, because maybe he's just not really cut out to be, like, a dude you dump it down to uh, anymore. I think he averaged, uh, like, almost half a point, or just over half a point per post-up last season, which is not good. Uh, I, I think it'll be a slight under, like, 12.1, something like that. Uh, Vivek, what about you? Uh, I'm taking the over. I think when I look at this roster and how the Raptors need to go about their business offensively, I think they'll need all they can get from Gasol. Uh, he showed with Spain uh, at the World Championships that you know he's he's not someone that's sort of just fading into the background. He can still uh, get buckets, and so I think um, the 12.5 at least, I think he'll be able to get a few more than that per 36 anyway. Uh, Sahal, you? What do you think? Uh, Vivek puts, makes a really good point again. Um, I feel like we should be making our points after we actually like 
say our picks. Why? Are you worried yeah. that you're going to influence people's uh, decisions? Vivek is not. Vivek is. Well, I'm a two time champion, so obviously people no. want to get with Okay. Okay, just because you said that, you know what I'm going to do out of spite? You know what? I'm, just because you said that, I'm taking the under. I had the over written down for this one. Purely <laughs> <laughs> out of spite. And you know, I was going to explain myself for the over, but I have no explanation now for the under. I'm going to just do whatever Sean said for the under, and that's what I'm going to do, Vivek. I'll see you midseason. Am I allowed to change <laughs> mine to the over now? Or. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for a landslide, guys. If I'm either gonna lose by a landslide or I'm gonna win by a landslide, <laughs> I'm gonna, you guys are gonna hear this voice. I'll stick with the under. Uh, I can do that. I, we can start uh, just giving our answers first, and then we can go around and give our reasonings. I suppose, uh, you know, or I don't know. If effect might just be trying to get in our heads now, I'm not sure. This is some 3D checkers. He's gonna DM chip, you right chess. after this is done and just be like, "Hey, can you switch everything? <laughs> switch everything." <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of switching everything, or maybe not at all, uh, more total minutes played. Stanley Johnson or Rondé Hollis Jefferson, the two guys, very clearly in Nick Nurse's doghouse. Uh, you would think that they would be able to offer some nice defense, but maybe not so much uh, per Nick Nurse's early reviews of their work in camp. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not terribly enthused about either of these guys, but we have to pick somebody. But Beck... Are you going Stan or Rondé? More minutes played this season. I'll go first again. Um, Wait, did you, did you go first last time? I thought I did. No, I did. I went first last time. It's Vivek's turn. I have a system here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, before Vivek says anything, thank you, Vivek. Have a nice day. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd pick Stanley anyway to get more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because when I look at the Raptors rotation, I think power forward is a pretty strong area for the Raptors when you consider it's the bulk of them are going to be occupied by, you know, uh, Siakam and OG and Ibaka and Gasol and Chris Boucher. Uh, so I think there's just a bit more variability with those uh, wing positions. And so I think Stanley probably figures into those minutes a bit better. Um and the Raptors have a bit more of a long-term investment in Stanley than Rondé, so they might just have a bit longer of a leash with him. Fair enough. Sahal, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go Rondé. Um, I do think there is a bit of a logjam at the four, um, but I think with the way this roster is structured, and this is pretty difficult to, to you know really talk about, but I think... You have a lot of older guys on your team and you kind of have to brace yourself for some sort of um, injury Um, Mm. and with that that's how you build your depth and I think um, you can't really expect obviously guys like Marc Gasol uh, even Kyle Lowry to really play you know 70 to 80 games Um, I think you look at guys like Ibaka as well who played tons of minutes he's played tons of minutes in his career he came in very young Um, I think Rondé's going to come in, and I think he's going to make a real difference defensively. I was actually really intrigued, Vivek, um, when I saw you um, kind of compare him, or really someone that he should look up to, um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Thaddeus Young. Um, oh, thanks for watching the video, man. Appreciate yeah, that was, that, was, that, was, that was a really, I think, inspiring video, because I wasn't really honestly inspired by these um, two acquisitions in Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Maybe it's me you know, uh, coming off a championship high with the Raptors, and you know, whatever it may be, uh, I think Rondé's going to come in and I think he's going to play behind OG and I think he's going to play very, very well defensively. He's never really been an offensive threat, but uh, the Raptors don't necessarily need that. I think they have enough offensive options as is and I think that Rondé could play a very good role in the Raptors. I am also saying Rondé, uh, a couple reasons. First of all, I think maybe the power forward depth is not quite what we think it is. I know there's lots of talk of Ibaka playing with Gasol in the front court, but I think that's only going to be in very, very specific matchups. And I am not at all high on Chris Boucher as like a non-human victory cigar player. I think that's kind of all he is. And I think Rondé is probably in line to eventually be the very clear backup for he can set some screens. He can, you know, he has like reasonably soft hands around the rim, I guess. I'm not 
into either of these guys. But I think Stanley Johnson is really bad, and I just don't think he's going to be in the rotation. I, I think maybe he'll get some sniffs if there are injuries and stuff like that, but I think like yeah. just looking at the wing, like Malcolm Miller is very clearly a more useful NBA player to me than Stanley Johnson because he can actually shoot and has been around a couple years and knows what's up. And I, I just I don't think Stanley Johnson has the juice. And so I will say Rondé just because I think he'll play more games, uh, even if neither of them are like staples of the rotation start to finish throughout the season. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Wait, does someone have a point they wanted to make? I was just going to say, when, when the season's done, y'all going to be sounding more like wrong day. Goodness. Get the fuck this out of here. This guy said wrong day. Just cut, just cut him out. Uh, I'm a two-time champ. I can say whatever I want. Uh, I'm writing an asterisk I'll to, here. I'll just have to deal with it. I'm writing, an, I'm writing an asterisk and wrong day next to it underneath yeah. your name on my little score sheet here. I'm docking you a point later. Uh, <laughs> wrong day. God. Uh, all right. Next up, more total points scored between Terrence Davis and Patrick McCaw. Uh, this pretty much, I guess, is a question of: uh, Do you think Terrence Davis is actually going to be a rotation player? McCaw's probably going to play. Will he shoot? That's another question. I don't know. Sahal, who are you picking between Terry the second and Patrick McCaw? Um. Again, yeah, that, that really comes down to the question of whether Terrence Davis is going to break into the rotation because I can see McCall breaking into the rotation for his defensive prowess and um, I guess his ability to cut. And McCall's just a very – he's just a player that belongs on a winning team. And I'm, and I'm not just saying that because he's won three rings. He's just a very smart, high IQ NBA player that just knows where he should be at all times. Um, it's it's tough. It, it's – I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Terrence Davis even though I think Terrence Davis is gonna shuttle a little bit between uh, Raptors 905 um, and the Toronto Raptors, um, but I'm gonna go to Terrence Davis just because Patrick McCaw just really doesn't score much even when he's on the floor, and I think Terrence there's gonna be a lot of games if he's at the end of the rotation there's gonna be a lot of games where the Raptors are up 15 20 25 with a few minutes to go, and I think Terrence is just gonna come in and you know. Eight ten points, or you know it. Mm-hmm. I think those things are going to add up, and I think McCaw's unfortunately scoring isn't really part of his game. So I'm going to take Terrence Davis pretty confidently. Uh, I'm also going to take Terrence Davis for similar reasons. To pick Patrick McCaw would necess- necessitate Patrick McCaw ever taking a shot, which I don't think is yeah. going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Vivek, where are you at on this one? Yeah, I'm picking Terrence Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's better. He's just the better player. I think the Raptors are very high on him. Um, I think Patrick McCaw obviously brings uh, elements to the team that Sahal already highlighted. And, uh, you know, while that might be needed for some time, I can see Terrence Davis's talent just being too much to overlook, and then he just takes over. Yeah, Nick Nurse has talked a lot about there being two spots available for the wing guys. I think... It's probably going to end up being McCaw and Davis that get those two spots. And I think Davis will do more with those minutes because uh, he seems like an NBA player, and I'm not entirely sure that Patrick McCaw is, despite his uh, healthy guaranteed contract. Let's go on to the next one here. This is a little bit more open-ended. Who will be the Toronto Raptors' second-leading scorer this season? Uh, assuming, I'm guessing, Pascal being the number one. But maybe you'll say Pascal and, and, and go crazy on this one. Uh, I think it's me going first. I will say it's going to be Kyle Lowry. Vivek, who do you got? Yeah, I have Kyle Lowry. Um, again, you, you look at what he did last season. When Kawhi who wasn't around, I still think a lot of those scoring elements are there. I expect his three-point percentage to improve. So with all those things, and you know, scoring is part of why I also picked the over for the 29, the points, rebounds, assists total. I think we'll see his scoring go up. So, uh, yeah, I see him as the second-best scorer on this team. Sahal, what about you? Yeah, I think it's Kyle Lowry, and I think this is, this is one of the easier questions. Although I do think the whole Fred Van Fleet, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol are all going to be in Norm Powell possibly as well are all going to be in the low teens and I think uh, low to mid teens I'd say and then I think Kyle Lowry I'm expecting him to be in the high teens 
um, anywhere between 17 to 19 points per game. Um, but I think it's going to be Kyle Lowry pretty comfortably. It's going to be a little bit um, ahead of all those guys I just mentioned. Um, for all the reasons I mentioned before, um, Kyle is going to have games where he looks like 2016 Kyle, 2015 Kyle. Um, and then there's going to be games where he sits. So um, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm really excited to see Kyle Lowry. We know what type of player he is. We know what he brings. He's not going to really change his game much, um, if at all, this season. Um, so I'm really excited to see him just come in for teams to expect and know what he's going to do and for him to still um, succeed. I, God, I didn't think it was as easy as you're making it out to be. Because I think... Both Serge Ibaka and Norm are like sneaky contenders here. Serge was the third leading scorer on the team last season. For a very long time, was the second leading scorer as he started off so hot. And if this were a question of points per 36, I think I would almost certainly say Serge because he loves to shoot and uh, is going to have the opportunity. I just don't think he's going to play enough to be the second leading scorer on the team. And Norm, like... He's had such success when he's been a starter and the fourth or fifth guy in a lineup in the past that I'm really tempted. Eh, fuck it. I'm going to change my answer to Norman Powell uh, and go down swinging because I think there's a non-zero chance he just really pops in that role in the offense and feeding off of you know what Gasol and Lowry and Siakam are going to set up for him, he's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of space and attention directed elsewhere. And so I'm changing my answer on the fly. I'm going to say Norm Powell. Uh, I'm probably going to be wrong there, but I think there's a non-zero chance he's it. He's it, and I'll take a home run swing. What do you you think uh, Norm's going to be at? What do you think his points per game range? I think think he could be like 16 and a half, Mm -hmm. potentially, just because there's so many like shots available right and if they're gonna have an egalitarian offense the way we've talked about then like he's gonna get opportunities and like he can also put him up pretty quickly as we've seen some preseason games like he's just got a bit of sort of like gunner mentality which i like maybe it's not gonna be the most terribly efficient but i still think working off all the attention that siakam lowry and gasol are gonna garner and also just like the passing those guys do i think norm's gonna end up in a lot of very very uh, advantageous situations with defenses that are not ready for his first step. Um, so It's funny. I thought for a second you were going to say Serge um, with the case you made about how good he was as a starter, and especially early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just pulled him up and, man, shouts to Serge. Uh, <laughs> as a starter, he put up so 51 starts last year, 16.4 points, 8.4 boards, 1.3 blocks, and he was killing it from the mid-range. Yeah. And, you know, to put all that aside and be like, yeah, that's fine. I'll come off the bench so that we can win. Um, shouts to him. Love yeah, Surge. Had a really, really good season last year. Renaissance season. We're 18 months removed from him, his career seemingly being over as, like, a meaningful player. Don't forget that. He was Sorry. There, 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 there were people that was just getting a little too crazy with that and just needed to relax. Yeah. And... It was it was it was a it was a bad it was a bad season, um, but I think a lot of it again had to do with the fact that he was being asked to play a position that he really isn't suited for in the modern NBA. And once he got moved to center, uh, the results speak for themselves. That is a very good point, uh, Serge Ibaka. This generation's Charles Oakley in terms of fan favorites, who will also punch people. Uh, let's go to the. I should have done a question about Serge Ibaka punches thrown. Damn it! Uh, I can make that a, the fifteenth question. How many punches will Serge Ibaka throw this season? Um, yeah, adding this in on the fly. Uh, over under two and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll, Vivek, you start. <laughs> I start. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I will I will say under. Under two and like... a half. What's that? You're saying under two and a half? Yes, I'm saying under two and a half. I feel like, you know, maybe there was some frustration that went into, uh, you know, the punches that came before. And just, you know, I think winning a championship does a lot to validate, uh, to make a player feel validated. And so now I think there's a lot of pressure off. 
I think we're going to see a lot of happy surge uh, this season. So I'm going to go under two and a half punches. Sahal? Can you can you repeat the um, the the over under? It's two and a half two and a half punches thrown for surge. Yes. Oh man! So what do we consider a punch? Okay. Um, like what okay. he threw at Robin Lopez. Oh, so a full extension. Yeah, the f- a full extension. Um, we won't count chokes, I guess, but he did throw a punch at Marquise Chris as well. So you know what? I'm I'm gonna go under for the simple fact that I feel like Serge Ibaka has his first ring. I feel like he's a new man. Um, I don't feel like he's gonna try and fight. I don't feel like he has as much to prove anymore. Serge is a new man. I believe in Serge. Um, I think he's gonna be a calm, collected leader this year, um, especially with Kawhi Leonard gone. Um, so I'm gonna take the under. Okay, but. Is it, is it bad for me to say I want the over? No, not at all. Uh, I'm okay. taking the over. Okay. Because uh, the okay. Lopez brothers play together now, and I feel like that's going to rile Surge right up. Yeah, like, I don't know. If they go big, like if it's like a Gasol Abaca against the Lopi type of situation in a Bucks game, I feel like Surge might get a little punchy. Also, Marquise Chris is still in the NBA playing for the Warriors, uh, and there might be a run-in oh. or two there. So I'm going to say Serge Ibaka goes over two and a half punches thrown. It might be two punches in one, like, skirmish, but I feel like there's going to be at some point, January, he's tired, they're playing the Bucks or something, and he wants to get himself a little uh, self-imposed load management. He's going to throw a couple punches uh, towards a Lopez, a Lopez brother or two, and uh, that will rack up his total pretty quickly. Uh, we've gone very long. We should continue on. We have five questions left. We will run through these pretty quickly. In-season trades made by the Raptors over under one and a half. Uh, Sahal, we will start with you. I am going to go over. Over. Um, I think Masai Ujiri um, will look at this team, and I think Masai is one of those GMs where he genuinely um, is constantly evaluating every player on this team. Um you know, we don't really hear about trade talks until they get to the final stages. You know, even really as media members, you don't really hear about trade talks until they reach those final stages. But I feel like Masai is always looking to see what he can do to make his team better, um, whatever method that may be. Um, and I think you may even see something before the trade. I think what's going to happen, I think when a lot of people think about this specific variable, they think, oh, well, he's going to trade Kyle Lowry, he's going to trade Marcus All. It's going to trade one of the big fish, but I think there is quite a possibility that he kind of moves another guy. Because, um, like I said, Masai really, no one's really safe, I think, at this point on the roster. Um, Masai understands that he doesn't really have a championship roster at hand anymore. Um, and I think he has a plan right now, but I think plans can change. I think his plan right now is to let uh, Nick Nurse run out um, whatever he can see where that takes them. Um, but the goal is complete. The overall goal is complete. We all saw what happened in June. Um, I do think Masai will complete, I'm going to say, three trades Ooh. by the end of trade deadline. Okay. I yeah. am going to take the under. I think he will make exactly one trade this season, and that trade will be to add something to the team for one last kick at the playoff can before uh, Gasol and Ibaka presumably leave and open up a bunch of cap space for the team. I think there's going to be a move out there where it's maybe a bit of an opportunistic thing and the team is going to be good enough that it's not going to be justifiable to tear it all down. And I will say he makes one trade to add something and not take apart uh, anything that is currently on the roster. Vivek, what do you think? Um... I am going to say do it over. Okay. Uh, but I think I, I only think there's one notable move coming. Uh, I think one of Gasol or Serge is gone, uh, just because I don't think he will want to lose both players uh, to nothing. Hmm. And so, uh, with that being said, I think uh, there might be another move lower down the roster that's more of uh, more to address the cap or some flexibility or that kind of stuff um 
So I will take the over 1.5. All right. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Raptors to be named All-Stars. Of course, they had two last season in Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi is gone. Uh, I set the over-under at 1.5, and, and I believe it's uh, Sahal's turn to go first? or No, it's uh, it's my turn to go first. I am going to say over. The East sucks shit, and Kyle's got like legacy status at this point, and I think Pascal is going to be undeniably an all-star as well, and I think the Raptors are going to be in the home court advantage conversation and that will be enough to garner them two All-Stars in a not-very-good conference where Victor Oladipo will likely not be able to play uh, ahead of enough games in order to be an All-Star. So that's where I'm going with that. Vivek, what do you think? Um, I am also taking the over. I think Siakam will make his first All-Star game. I think uh, Kyle Lowry is still good enough to be an All-Star, and I think we'll play it well enough and we'll have the numbers. And the Raptors will do well enough, uh, despite what uh, a lot of experts in the States are saying. <laughs> and that will warrant having two guys at the game. Sahal? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with two guys. Um, and I do think, like you said, Sean, the East has taken quite a fall in terms of talent. Um, there are some guys coming up um, that we have to be aware about, guys like Trey Young. Um, but I think when you look at the guard position specifically, a guy that would always be there with Kyle Lowry um, on regular occasion would be a guy like John Wall, mm-hmm. uh, who is injured this season and who probably um, won't play a minute this year. Um, I was just counting in my head the amount of All-Stars I thought that would come from each team. Um, and I think I can pretty confidently say that uh, Kyle Lowry, both Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam will be All-Stars. Um. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna go with that. I think Orlando has a good chance to have maybe one All Star come out of there. They're gonna be a bit better this year. Milwaukee's probably gonna get two. Philadelphia I could see getting two or three. Miami's probably gonna get Jimmy Butler in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go two All Stars. So I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, I think there's a chance Kyle Lowry gets like zero votes in the voting process, but then is a coach's pick. He's got such coach pick energy. It's not even funny. Uh. All right, let's go on. We've got three left. Raptors end-of-season award wins. This encompasses MVP, most improved, defensive player of the year, all-NBA, all-defense, all-rookie, six-man of the year, all the major awards that get handed out at season's end. How many Raptors will be named to those either teams or earn one of those awards? Uh, Vivek, we'll start with you. Uh, Yeah, I went with the under on this one. Oh, yeah, I said one and a half um, was the under... Oh, I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, uh, yeah. You going under? Uh, yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, they're not... Uh, no one's winning MVP. I don't think anyone's winning most improved. Um, don't think anyone's winning six man. So, um, I think Pascal's got a shot at making an all-NBA team. Uh, I don't think Kyle uh, can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the competition across the league. Uh, Saul makes a good point about the lack of depth in the East, but yeah, I think overall, uh, I think Siakam's the only one that's going to get um, some all-NBA love. So I don't really see anyone else getting in there. So how? Uh, yeah. Six-man is the thing I'm worried about, because I think all-NBA is a very realistic goal for Pascal Siakam. The third team, I think, is a very realistic goal. All defense and six-man are the two things that are making me really iffy on this one. I think Pascal could sneak in if he has a really, really good defensive year because the assumption is that he'd be guarding um, the best defensive player on most teams, Um, whether that be a a wing um, or a big. I don't want to say a guy like, obviously, you know, Joel Embiid. But um, you, you have guys like Marcus Gasol for Joel Embiid, but I think most wings Pascal Siakam to hold this year. Um, does he sneak into an all-defense because of that? It's tough to say. Spit uh, it out. Let's I'm get going, to it. I'm going to go... I'm going to go over. I'm going to say either a six-man-of-the-year award is one or 
Pascal sneaks into all defense. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I am going to say under, but I don't feel good about it. I think All-NBA is a very realistic thing for Pascal, but I think it's more realistic that he's like the first guy off the ballot, um, assuming health. I just think like the forwards, it's so deep with like Giannis and LeBron and you know all the dudes Kawhi it, like it's just it, Paul George it just feels like there's a lot in like sexy positions as well around the league that it's probably going to be um super hard for Pascal to make it I think there's a very real chance someone gets on all defense like if I had to bet what the most likely is I, I might say either OG or Pascal on all defense I mean OG probably should have been all defense in his rookie season but he was a rookie um but he was really really damn good his metrics were insane and some flashes that I've seen from him early on are giving me some uh, nice feelings about his defensive upside. And I think they're going to be like a top five or six defense. So I think they'll be rewarded with one member on the all-defense team. And then six man, I think Fred will be in the running. But I also think like Lou Williams will probably win because he's Lou Williams. And he'll be on the Clippers and they'll be fancy and, and loud and shiny. And so he won't ultimately win it, but he will be in the running and probably a finalist. So I... Have a What's all up? Rookie? How many teams for all rookies? Is there three or There's is there two? two? Yeah. Oh, man. If there was three, it's Terrence Davis. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the ballsy pick is to pick Terrence <laughs> Davis to make all rookie. But, uh, yeah, I'm going under along with Vivek here. Sahal's got the over. Let's get to the second last question. Regular season wins for the Toronto Raptors. They have won 50 games. Four years running? Three years running? Four years running. Right? I think it's four. Yeah, it's four. Uh... So I've set the over-under at 49.5. It's, I think, a little higher than their Vegas over-under, but they've also beaten the Vegas over-under eight fucking years in a row. So that's probably not the best number to go off of. So I will set a much better line and more more informed line. Uh, so, Hall, we will start with you. Who is going home? Or how many wins are the Raptors going home with at the end of the season? I am I'm most confidently going to take the over. I think the Raptors are going to eclipse 50 wins this year. I think it's going to be in the low 50 range, anywhere between 51, I'd say, to 54. Um, but I'm pretty confidently going to say over. We've talked about how the Eastern Conference really just isn't that great. Um, a lot of middling teams that the Raptors are almost clearly better than at full strength. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over. I'm going to say they end the season with 50 two wins 52 okay i'm gonna put in our actual win projection just so we uh well i'll, I'll offer an extra point if we get it right uh it's had some drama to it uh, so you got 52 okay i'm also gonna say over first of all i think it's interesting that you said that they're gonna trade a bunch of guys and then also have a bunch of award winners and Wait, also win 52 can't, games can't getting traded for cash man <laughs> what do you want me to do about okay fair yeah. uh I think over as well. I think picking the Raptors to win 50 games is pretty damn easy to do. Uh, I think there will be some growing pains early on as Siakam gets used to it and sort of Gasol and and Lowry kind of get back into the swing of things. They have a bit of a tough schedule with road heaviness early on. So I think they might not quite have the crazy pace that they had last year, but I still think 50 wins is going to happen. I will say they go over and win 51 games and have the third or fourth seed in the East. And Vivek, where are you at? I'm going to take the under. I, yes. But I think they're going to be right there. I think they're going to have, you know, 47, 48, 49 wins. Pick a number. Um, Pick a hard one. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take uh, 48. Okay. And, yeah, I, I just think that because of the growing pains that they're going to have at the start of the season, and when you look at the fact that their schedule uh, is pretty tough coming out of the gate and that it eases up uh, towards the end of the season – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, near the 500 mark for a bit before they really start to get going, especially with the West Coast trip early. Um, and, and, you know, just last year, the Raptors, uh, you know, finished with their best road record uh, in franchise history, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and they beat a lot of good teams out West. And I think when I look at the West and the forwards that they have to go up against, and when I look at that being an area of concern uh, on the wing for the Raptors, I think that's an area where they could get exposed when, especially when they're out on the road out west. So I think they'll be right there, um, but I don't think they'll quite get to fifty. All right, uh, and then we go on to the final question. Let's do this one pretty quickly. Playoff series wins. 
I've set the over-under at 0.5. Of course, they won four last season because they are the NBA champions. Never forget that. They won the fucking title. Uh, so we'll start with, I think, Sahal on this one? No, me on this one, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say over. I think they win one round, and then it's a pretty tough and like closely contested but not really ever in doubt series in the second round against yeah. either Philly or Milwaukee. Uh, I think they beat like Brooklyn or something like that in round one, which will be pretty nice. And uh, I think it'll be considered a very successful season. Vivek, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over. Uh, I think they win one first uh, one series. Uh, I think they have enough experience and know-how to do that, mm-hmm. regardless of whoever they go up against. And, yeah, the second round is going to be a tricky one, whoever they get. So, yeah, I think, I think the .5 was fairly easy to go uh, over on. Mm-hmm. One and a half would have been really, really interesting. Although I guess one and a half most people would have just said under. Yeah. I mean, so I think the Sixers are going to win the title, but I could also talk myself into the Sixers losing to the Raptors in round two. <laughs> like, with Gasol and, like, the size matchup-y stuff and maybe Embiid having to poop again. I don't know. It's it's on the table. But, no, I'm going to say the Raptors lose a, a valiant effort in the second round. Uh, there's also a, maybe a chance that the Raptors don't get the Sixers in round two, like, or the Sixers are sort of lower in the standings as they figure out how their offense is going to look and they sort of go in with a lower seed but are very, very dangerous and scary. That's also kind of on the table, I think. Um, but that's for another day. Sahal, over under 0.5 playoff series wins for, wins for the Raptors. Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the easy over. Yeah. Uh, simply because I just don't see the Raptors. I look at the bottom half of. Um, what I believe are maybe the four or five, six teams that'll be in playoff contention for that four to eight spot in the East. I just don't see uh, the Raptors losing to any of them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's under the assumption that the Raptors are a top three, four seed and they get that home court advantage. Um, I think the Raptors, like both of you guys said, are a second round team. I think it's pretty clear to say. I think you're optimistic if you say they. Uh, reach the Eastern Conference Finals. I think you are delusional if you think they reach the NBA Finals. <laughs> I think the Philadelphia 76ers are much clearly, I think, at this point, a better team than the Raptors. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, are a better team than the Raptors. And then after that, I think it's a wash. Um, but I think you can almost confidently say that the Raptors will see one of the two teams um, in the second round, and I don't think they get past either one. I think the series ends in five or six games. Very weird. It almost sounds to me like you're underestimating the heart of a champion. Uh, Mark, Mark Jackson would be displeased with you. Um. I mean, if we could do a mid-season trade, maybe campaign for Kawhi Leonard, I mean, we could pull that off. Sure, yeah. No, that's totally... Change I mean, maybe Lawrence Frank is infatuated with campaign. Who knows? Uh this was fun, guys. We have finally made our way to the end. Apologies to the listeners for this being a very long episode, but it's Friday. If you got to travel or something over the weekend, uh, for whatever reason, you can listen to this all the way on your road trip, and uh, or you already have listened to it if you're getting to the end hearing me say this. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for today's show. Vivek, anything you want to plug? Uh, you can always check out my work at Yahoo Sports Canada, and my last bit was about the sort of telling off that uh, Rondé and Stanley got from Nick Nurse and a little bit about Terrence Davis needing to use his ass a bit more when he rebounds. Hell yeah. And uh, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. So, Hal, anything you would like to plug? I am going on to my third um, season with Raptors Republic. Um, I think it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I think we got some new members to the team that are really, you know, accomplished writers, um, still being led by, I think, one of the best in the media game, um, Blake Murphy, who obviously is, is at The Athletic, but I think he's still there. He's still there when, every, when everyone needs him. Um, but uh, I am starting up with Raptors Republic again. Previews, game reviews, all that type of stuff, feature articles, um, hoping to get a little more involved this year. Um, in terms of being a media member. Uh, but yeah, follow me at sabby28 
Um, and if you don't follow me, I mean, it's your loss. <laughs> uh, both great follows, Vivek and Sahal. I uh, endorse them both, even if they're <laughs> going to lose this year's over-unders and props. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can still buy We the Champs wherever fine books are sold. And uh, but what else? What else? Oh, I'm gonna post a poll. I'll show. I'll put a screen cap of my little uh, setup here uh, to show all of our picks, and maybe we can have people vote on who they think is gonna win this thing. And uh, so that'll be fun. And we will keep track midway through the season. We will do a little update. Sean, oh, what's up? I have 15 burner accounts. Do not do a poll on Twitter. <laughs> I have access to a lot of accounts too, so I can uh, I can jack up votes too. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks for letting me know that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this was fun, guys. Uh, this uh, We'll be back again. I think we're going to do an episode with Louis Zatzman that's going to come out probably on Monday. Uh, I'm recording it on Friday, but uh, maybe I'll drop it Saturday. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to predict the East standings. And then uh, David Ramil of Locked on Heat is going to come on on Monday, and we are going to talk about the Miami Heat to continue our series on all the teams Raptors fans are going to hate this season. And then, holy shit, Tuesday, it is game time, baby. We have the uh, season opener. I'll probably coerce Vivek or someone else at the game into chatting with me after the game as well for a podcast. So stay tuned there. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for all of that. And we will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 